Hello friends, and welcome to chapter 8 of The King's Pixie. The queen led the charge, matching the demon's aura with her own. I was disturbed by the pull her energy had on me. If I hadn't been bonded to Sergeant Peabrain, I would have begged to die by the queen's side. I watched as she pushed the demon back, neutralizing its dark energy with a simple burst of her own. Azal made to hit the creature again, but something drew her energy away from it, causing it to curve hard to the left. I squinted as the large ball of green magic disappeared into the open pass. A figure wearing a dark blue cloak stood in the center of the road, holding a blade high into the air. The queen initiated another attack, but I was sucked into the sword as well. She switched tactics, sinking her bare feet into the ground, drawing power from the earth. Izal raised her hands towards the sky and created a barrier around the town. Her sons stood by her side, ready to join the fight as their pixies directed civilians to return to their homes and hide. This bought the soldiers enough time to suit up. We lined up behind the royal family and watched as the mage and the demon calmly advanced. The nervous tension surrounding the troops as we waited was suffocating. The mage with the sword spoke through villainous laughter as he approached. <laughs> Good evening, your majesty. King Arthur Aisley promised us peace. Izal's voice was strained under the load of her shield. You were promised peace as long as the princess lived, and now she's dead. The man slowly touched his enchanted blade to the queen's barrier, and she screamed. My jaw dropped as I watched the sword absorb her essence, giving it to the mage. Prince Farron drew a sword of his own and jumped through the barrier, attacking the mage. His brother ran through it as well and began distracting the demon. Why are we just standing here? I thought. Why doesn't Brandon give the order to advance? Why doesn't he use his precious gun to shoot the mage? Is he going to wait for them to die? I glared at him. His face had gone ashen and sweat lined his brow. He was terrified. I growled silently and slapped his face, pointing angrily to the royals. The action seemed to snap him out of his stupor. He nodded and raised his hand in the air, a fickle, attack, leaving his lip as he brought it back down. How wonderful. General Brandon Lewis was nothing more than a sadistic chicken. Luckily, Jiren and Court resounded the command, and the army surged forward. As we did, the mage ran Prince Farron through with his blade. I watched in horror as the sword drained his immense energy, the mage's eyes igniting with the new power. The queen cried out for her son, and her barrier wavered. Alder fell next. Distracted by his brother's death, the demon knocked him down with a blast of her dark energy. Before he could recover, the mage drove his sword deep into the second prince's chest. The mage then approached the barrier again, touching the tip of the sword to it, laughing psychotically from the rush of stolen power that coursed through him. The queen screamed in agony, and fell to her knees as the last of her magical energy was sucked into the blood-stained blade. Sopan, 
Brandon called to me as he finally aimed at the mage. Protect the queen! This single command overrode all others he'd given me, and I took off. As I flew, Brandon fired. The mage deflected the bullet easily, whipping the blade in front of him with an inhuman speed. Others fired on him as well, and he rose a barrier, laughing maniacally at their feeble attempts to kill him. He commanded the demon to move forward, and she took out the entire right side of the army with a single wave of her hand. I increased my speed, reaching the queen just as the mage resumed his attack on her. I blasted him in the face with a fiery ball of magic. At first, he stepped back in surprise, obviously not understanding where the attack had come from. When he spotted me, he laughed. Why hadn't my attack burnt him? I placed a barrier of my own around the queen. It was no match for his blade. But my effort bought enough time for the rest of the army to catch up. As the sword drained my magic, I fell to the ground before the queen. My body had never felt this weak and heavy. I could barely breathe. I can barely breathe. <sighs> to my surprise, she picked me up and held me close to her te her test. <sighs> to my surprise, she picked me up and held me close to her chest speaking in pixie tongue. Find him, little one. Find our king and keep him safe. I struggled to stay awake. Run, your majesty. She looked down at me, her now pale eyes filled with heartache, and then the pain as the mage ran his sword through her back. I felt her shake with death as a fiery pain erupted within my own chest. No, it wasn't my chest. It was deeper than that. It was my soul. My soul was being torn from me. But why? I clawed at my chest and neck, desperately hoping the pain would leave if I gave it an exit. Falling from the queen's hands, I arced my back into the ground, flexed my wings, rolled in the dirt, but nothing made it better. The pain was so immense that I forgot where I was. Nothing mattered except finding relief. I felt as though I struggled like that for an eternity before the pain began to subside. As it quelled, I laid in the mud, panting, wiping the sweat from my face. <sighs> I looked at my hands and found that they were red and sticky. The realization that it was blood had me on my feet in seconds. I looked around me. To my right lay the queen, her once emerald eyes dim with death. I gasped and took a step backwards, bumping into something else. I turned to see Brandon laying beside her, his eyes the same dull shade of gray-green. The hatred I had for him allowed me to feel little sadness for his death, but not the queen. I turned back to her and touched her face, working hard to commit her features to memory. Find our king? What did that mean? Was I supposed to find her husband? Sopan. Triff's weak call grabbed my attention instantly. I looked around but didn't see him. Trift, where are you? Here. I flew up and saw Jiren's body laying a few feet away from Brandon's. Trift was caught underneath it. 
I rushed to his side, pushing on Jiren in vain to free him. <laughs> Stop. Trift held his hand out to me. I noticed then that a small pool of purple blood surrounded him. I couldn't stop myself from panicking when I realized he was dying. I didn't even try to clear my tears as I hit the ground beside him, grabbing his hand and holding it tightly. No, no, Drift. We're supposed to make it out together. Heal yourself like you healed me. Please, Drift. I don't know how to do it. Did you know? He smiled and coughed, a bit of blood coming out of his mouth. The sky isn't always blue. Right before the sun sets, it's the most b beautiful purple I've ever seen. Yes. I wiped the blood from his lips. Yes, it is. Thank you. His voice was so quiet now. For being my friend. His eyes grew dim, and his grip on my hand loosened. Drift? Hey. No, Drift, come back. I laid my head on his shoulder and sobbed. Why had all of our plans failed? Why were we even here? Why did I have to lose one of the only people I cared about? One of the only things I had in my life that mattered. Wait. Lisa! I wiped my tears and kissed Triff's forehead, wishing his soul a peaceful journey as I closed his eyes. I committed the image before me to memory and then flew up into the air, desperate to find the only thing I had left in this world. The scene before me was gruesome, to say the least. The demon was making quick work of the army. As she approached the frightened soldiers, the ill-matched pixies abandoned them, dropping from the sky as the fade died and their souls were shredded. The blue dragon from the mountainside was now in the city, destroying homes with its intense blue flames. The mage who controlled it was a thin woman with a frail appearance. I looked about and saw that the mage with the sword now calmly walked through the carnage plucking squirming pixies from the ground and tossing them into a bag. What the hell? I thought as I watched him. The man bent down and picked up a flailing green pixie, and I instantly flew to her aid, ramming into his hand and knocking her free. Lisa, run! She faltered for a second, shaking off the pain of her dying fray, then took off towards the west. I moved to follow and was swatted down by the mage. No, you don't. Hey, wait a minute. You're the little one that protected the queen. I thought you died. The pain of hitting the ground had disoriented me, but I shook the dizziness from my head and tried to fly again. To my dismay, the mage grabbed me by the wings, stunning my body into stillness as he lifted me to his face. A powerful thing like you should make quite the potent elixir. All I could really see of him under the cloak was his curly brown beard and wicked grin. Not that one. The demon appeared beside him. I have a job for this one to do. You're in no position to be giving me orders. 
he growled at her, moving to place me inside his bag. And you're in no position not to trust me. There are things in this world you couldn't even dream to understand. Besides, you have plenty of others to choose from. Her otherworldly eyes held powerful, dark secrets. The mage grumbled like a scolded child, but handed me to her and walked away. As he did, she turned to me and whispered, Fly south, little one. You will find him there. Who? I asked, confused that she hadn't killed me yet. The fairy king. She whispered even quieter. He is the only one who can restore the balance of nature. But, I was extremely confused now. I thought you wanted the fae destroyed. No, little one. My existence depends on balance. I am held captive just as much as you were. She held her hand towards the sky. Now go. Find Spirewood. I nodded and took off flying hard and fast, hoping beyond hope I'd be able to find this king and he would be able to fix everything. I had so many questions and conflictions. Should I trust the demon who had just laid waste to the Fey kingdom? Why was I flying south when Lisa had flown west? Shouldn't I be with her? I decided to just fly. I flew over the mountains, over rivers, woods, and villages— I flew until my wings gave out from exhaustion, and then I fell. I fell face first into a thicket of berry bushes, crashing through their branches painfully. My left arm throbbed, but I didn't have the energy to look at it. I don't know how long I laid there, suspended in the branches, too tired to move. I drifted in and out of consciousness several times. The final time I regained clarity... I heard an impossibly jovial voice. Oh my! Evan, look! You're never going to guess what I found. I felt the brush beside me shift and rattle. It's a pixie! What? A boy's voice now. No way. They only live in fey country. Oh yeah? Well, come see for yourself then. I felt a warm hand lifting me gently. As I moved, the pain I felt on my impact returned, and I cried out, hissing and clutching my arm. The female responded to my pain. Oh, no! Evan, it's hurt! Let me see. I saw a large, blurry figure lean over me. Oh, damn, that's definitely broken. Uh, give it some of your pain potion, and I'll set it. Okay, hang on. Oh, where is it? This infernal bag! I felt her moving sporadically, each micro-movement sending a new wave of pain through my battered body. Aha! Here it is. Oh, shoot. Evan, dear, could you please? I think I'm stuck again. I heard the boy grunt, and she sighed in relief. The next noise I heard was the sound of a cork popping free from its bottle, and then something wet touched my mouth. Here, little one. It'll take away the pain. I licked the sweet moisture from my lips, and sure enough, my pain was gone. Even after the man set my broken bone, I felt no pain. I blinked a few times, and my vision cleared. A beautiful human girl stared down at me, an equally attractive boy standing behind her. Hi there, I'm Malia. 
She was way too happy. What's your name, little one? My name? I was free now. Did I still want to be Sopan? Or maybe, just maybe, I could leave my horrific past behind and be someone new. I liked that idea. But what would my name be? I thought for a moment. The only thing that came to mind was my serial number. One T zero one R K three N zero. Torkin, I croaked. This concludes chapter eight of the King's Pixie. I hope you enjoyed this reading, and I hope you'll join us next week for chapter nine. Thank you, and have a wonderful week. Thank you.